Thank you for listening to the Mutual Audio Network. Please don't turn that dial. The following audio drama is rated G, which means it's perfectly safe for folks and families of all ages. Yes, even Grandma. Enjoy. Meet the man who can do anything except get back to normal. Today on Chatterbox Audio Theater. Hi everyone, this is Bob Arnold, Executive Director of Chatterbox Audio Theater. And if you can believe it, I am here today with the final release in our 12 Shows in 12 Months initiative. Now we knew we needed to wrap this year up with something special, and I think today's show really fits that bill. So the only other time that we at Chatterbox have attempted anything like a musical production was for our 2011 show, The Bremontown Musicians, which we performed live at the Memphis Children's Theater Festival that year, and it featured some original short songs by our friend, the very talented Stephen Gary. Stephen, you may also remember, wrote some gorgeous music for our more recent release, The Fisherman and His Soul. So when I had the idea to set this particular story to music, I knew exactly who I should call. And I had a lot of fun working with Stephen and with our equally talented director, the great Ashley Bug Brown, on Chatterbox's first full-fledged musical production. I'll be back after the show to talk about what's next for Chatterbox, but for now, please enjoy the 12th in our 12 Shows in 12 Months initiative, our original musical adaptation of the H.G. Wells story, The Man Who Could Work Miracles. Chatterbox Audio Theater presents The Man Who Could Work Miracles by H.G. Wells, adapted for audio by Robert Arnold with songs by Stephen Gary. It's impossible, I tell you, impossible. Meet George McWhorter Fotheringay. A miracle, by definition, is something contrarywise to the course of nature, done by power of will, something what couldn't happen without being specially wished. So you say. At the moment, <laughs> he's seated in the Long Dragon pub, engaged in one of his favourite pastimes, argumentation. Look here, Teddy. If a person's... Any person's will could could overpower the laws of nature. Why, the whole world would be topsy-turvy. We wouldn't be able to get a thing done. Today's topic, the impossibility of miracles. Just think of it. How could you convince yourself to uh, cross a bridge, say, or, or, or climb a ladder knowing it might be changed in an instant under your feet? As usual, Mr. Fotheringay's opponent, Teddy Beamish, was countering with his favorite rhetorical defense. So you say. <laughs> but this brilliant rejoinder had not swayed George McWhorter Fotheringay. I say the world is not ready for concepts of miracles yet. So he says. <laughs> it's virtually preposterous. We're naturally incapable. It's impossible. And it's often not. You can't turn a thing into what it can't be For the sake of your want and the want of your glee Don't you see what I say? Do you hear what I mean? From the look of your doubt, I bet not 
What a miracle is, by the power of will, is but contrary-wise to its cause. So it could thus be said, though I say that it could not, your opinions I will not endorse. With my feet planted, I say it can't be. For the sake of your want, there's nothing to see. Turn my words around, upside down if you mean. But for this, I will not be a part. So you say, so you say, say it's not, say not what is so. undoable to make the unmakeable might just be our undoing yes friends to need the unneedable wish for the unwishable I will not be so willing turn the inside to out or the upside to down you can turn it all round around and about so you see what I say do you hear what I mean to my reason, I see you do not. So you say, so you say, say it's not, say not what is so. We believe it is possible to do impossible things. What do you say? So you say, so you say, say it's not. Say, what can you possibly say? I will give in, so you all will take note that I made my point. Let's take a little test. Look there upon the wall, that lamp will be. My subject for all. Oh so with my mind and my will, you will see. I'll turn the lamp around. It's topside to down. Then you all will see. Oh. I, uh, no. Oh, no, 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 don't. Now see here, Fotheringay, what is this? Some sort of prank? What? You're asking me. What are you trying to do, anyway? Put one over on us? No, no, no. I'm... I'm sorry, Teddy. I... I must be off. Bothering game. It isn't funny, you know. Those damages are going on your tab. Following his somewhat abrupt departure from the Long Dragon... Mr. Fotheringay decided that a nighttime walk would be just the thing to clear his head. Of course not. It's silly, by gum, just plain silly. 
Unfortunately, his poor head was more muddled now than ever. For you see, not only had Mr. Fotheringay witnessed the flame of a lamp, contrary to all laws of nature, burning upside down, he strongly suspected that it had done so at his command. But that would mean... And I'm just... <laughs> no, 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 by golly, George, you're the one who's being laughed at. Those jokesters at the pub put this together to teach you a lesson. And admittedly, this thought, while potentially embarrassing, was far more comforting than the alternative. I'm no Tannhauser, after all. It's not as if I could just say to this here walking stick, You there, why not blossom with a bunch of wildflowers and have it... I... It... As Mr. Fotheringay worked to wrap his mind around the unanticipated new development, he heard the sound of approaching footsteps. Oh no! I can't let anyone see this now, can I? Not until I know what in the world is going on. And so Mr. Fotheringay commanded his blossoming walking stick... Listen, you... Um, go back! By which, of course, Mr. Fotheringay meant return to your previous form. But the stick, as instructed, instead shot from his hand and rapidly went back. No! Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. You there! What's the idea? You could have really hurt... No. It's you, Fotheringay. Making a night of it, are you? I hear you broke a lamp over at the Long Dragon. Now you're throwing tree branches at officers of the law. Evening, Constable Winch. I apologize for the accident. I was... Uh, you uh, was what, I wonder? Destroying property? And on top of that, assaulting the police? Ah, oh, it's enough to make one suspect you're roaring drunk, fathering hey? Fathering gay. And it's not that at all, Constable. I was just, um... I... You wouldn't understand. I wouldn't, eh? No. And seeing as how I don't entirely understand it myself, I'm probably not the man to explain. Well, why don't you come on down to the station with me, Fothering, eh? And try explaining it there. Fothering gay. And I told you, Lord Winch, something odd is happening tonight. I'll say. You just about broke my shin with this branch. Are you listening to me, Winch? Uh, sure, sure. Every word. Just an ordinary guy am I. Such a nothing special guy am I. I don't even question why I am. So by and by. Don't like challenges, for I'm not bold. Sort of lukewarm, neither hot nor cold. Just an ordinary guy. Or so I'm told. One foot at a time, I put on my shoes. Every day rolls off the way it should. Not much to account for, but it's mine. I don't want to be complicated. I am comfortable. And I like it just fine. That way. And I like it just fine. 
that way. Do you see what I'm getting at, Winch? I am... No, I don't think you understand. I've got no time for chattering, babbling, nonsense, rant. Step to it now. Step two. I've got a place for the likes of you. You don't understand. That is not quite pleasant. Say I wouldn't understand. Oh, I wouldn't understand. Well, so say you. Something is happening to me. Wench, it's happening to me. Can't you hear? Are you listening to me? Please, please, sir, leave me to myself. Now, come with me. Leave me be. You're not well. Please, leave me in peace. I've had enough. Let me go. Just come with me. Let me be. You're not well. Let me go, sir. Come with me. Please, just go away. Right now. Oh, just go to hell. Oh, 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 go to San Francisco. Maybe I can pull it off somehow. Keep my character intact somehow. Just a little compromise, yeah. Is all I need for now. Extraordinary. I won't mind. <laughs> won't leave everything I am behind. Extraordinary guy. And I'll be fine. I'll be just fine That way I'll be just fine That way I'll be just fine This way You know, right now, just right now, I wish I were home in bed And so he was. The next day, Mr. Fotheringay got up at his usual hour, prepared himself a miraculous breakfast of perfectly cooked goose eggs, and despite the possibilities inherent in his newfound gift, went into work as usual. He was simply that kind of person. Nevertheless, Mr. Fotheringay who worked as a clerk, was distracted all day long. As a result, he accomplished little, but made up for it in the last ten minutes with a miraculous pile of paperwork. Such that his supervisor said, Well done, Fotheringay, and there I thought I'd caught you daydreaming. After work, Mr. Fotheringay strolled without his walking stick, which by now was the most beautiful climbing rose until he passed the local chapel and did something that was, for him, quite unusual. I'm not much for it myself, but after all, miracles are their business, aren't they? And I'm sure I don't know where else to turn. Inside, he caught the tail end of a sermon being preached by the local chaplain, 
One Arthur Maydig. Humility! Humility, friends, in the face of prosperity, in the face of success, in the face of worldly achievement, it is the only thing that keeps us human and protects us from falling victim to the sin of hubris. Believing the man had a point, Mr. Fotheringay resolved to visit Mr. Maydig after the service. Yes? Hello, I'm, um... Is Mr. Maydig home, please? He's just taken his supper, I'm afraid. May I tell him... Uh, it's all right, Mrs. Minchin. Is that young Mr. Fotheringay? Well, come in, I suppose, then, sir. <laughs> George Fotheringay. Oh, come inside, come inside. I was just reading in the evening paper about poor Constable Winch. Have you heard? Gone missing, apparently. Oh, missing without the slightest trace. A great concern for our whole town. Oh, but sit, Mr. Fotheringay. Sit down and join me. Oh, what a pleasant surprise to see you among the congregation this afternoon. And what an even greater surprise for you to come calling. <laughs> Is there anything I can help you with? I sure hope so, Reverend. I got no one else to turn to. Well, I can tell you are greatly distressed, Mr. Fotheringay. What seems to be the issue? Well, see, last night I realised... That is, um, I discovered... You know, it might be easier if I just showed you. Showed me what? Is that your tobacco jar on the table there? It is. Keep an eye on it. <clears throat> you there! How about turning into a, uh, a vase of flowers? Mr. Fotheringay, is this some sort of trick? No trick, Reverend. I swear. I don't even know how I'm doing it, but I'm doing it all right. Here, um, name something else and I'll turn it into that. Very well. Uh, uh, a fishbowl. Look, you. Now you're a bowl of fish. No, I'm... <laughs> I mean you're a bowl of water with fish swimming in it. Oh. Oh. You have to be awful specific. Got myself in trouble a few times. Now, be a pigeon. Oh, 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 make it stop, will you, Fotheringay? Oh, sorry, Reverend. Um, stop, you! Oh. I suspect you'll want your pipe later. Back into a tobacco jar now, please. So that makes it easier to understand what I came here to talk about. Mr. Mr. Fotheringay... If this is true, it is surely a gift from the Almighty. It, and how it, was your supper, Mr. Maydig? Oh, uh, j just fine, Mrs. Minchin, thank you. <laughs> May I fix you something as well, Mr. Fotheringay? No, thank you. I'll make my own. Sir? That will be all, Mrs. Minchin, thank you. <laughs> uh, truth is, Fotheringay, Mrs. Minchin's cooking is terrible, always has been. Right. What would you like instead? Well, uh... I've always been partial to a nice roast beef myself. Let's make it two servings, medium rare and a good strong burgundy. Oh, extraordinary. Ah. Mm. Mm -hmm. oh. And it's as tender a meat as ever I tasted. Oh. Like I tell you, Maydig, I don't know how it's happening, mm. but what I do know is that... I'm the one responsible for poor Constable Wench. Oh. No, no, he's all right. He's just in San Francisco and hmm. probably pretty confused about how he ended up there. 
I suppose it is possible. It's astonishing, of course, but it reconciles a number of philosophical difficulties. I could bring Winch home any time, I suppose, but I imagine that would mean quite a bit of trouble for me, so I have to remember to keep sending him back to San Francisco every few hours, which reminds me... The power to work miracles is a gift, a, a peculiar quality like genius or second sight. Hitherto it has come very rarely and only to exceptional people, but in this case... I imagine it's getting rather expensive for him, especially if he keeps buying train tickets home. So I try to put a little money in his pocket to ease the frustration. Fotheringay, don't you understand what this means? Well, for one, it means Mrs. Winch is stuck raising that little boy all by her lonesome. Just think, with this power, we could... uh, Why, we could heal the entire world! Looky here now, what you can do Take a simple cane and make it something beautiful Light a candle from your thoughts alone You can send a man to places far away from his home Hidey ho, what a change of probabilities (laughs) Oh, what you can do Just an ordinary chat with something wonderful Turn the fish to fowl, hang it in mid-air What a twist, what a power, what a gift so rare Hidey-ho, what a world of possibilities (laughs) Just think about it to improve our society We could turn a lump of clay into something grand We could straighten out the curves Iron out the wrinkles Sweep away the drudgery Like grains of sand Think of it as reformation No more troubles Heidi ho What a world of possibilities <laughs> Looky here now What we can do Take a simple life And make it exceptional Make a work of art From our thoughts alone We can rebuild Atlantis We can rebuild Rome Heidi ho What a change of opportunities What we can do Be of good heart There's no magic here No trickery This is genius If taken with care What a power to behold What a gift so rare Heidi ho what a world of possibilities. What do you say, Father Inge? All right. Uh, just think about it to improve our society. We could turn a lump of clay into something grand. We could straighten out the curves. Why don't you take it? Iron out the ring. There you are. Sweep away the drudgery like grains of sand. Think of it as reformation, no more troubles. Heidi ho, what a world of possibilities. Well, Father Inge, shall we give it a try? All right, let's make some changes around here. <laughs> and so, incredible as it may seem, on the evening of Sunday, November 10th, Mr. Father Inge, Egged on and inspired by Mr. Maydig, began to work miracles. 
the listener's attention is especially called to the date. He or she will object, probably has already objected, that certain points in this story are improbable, and that if any of the things described had indeed occurred, they would have been in all the papers at the time. The details immediately following, he or she will find particularly hard to accept then, because among other things they involve the conclusion that he or she, the listener in question, must have been killed in a violent and unprecedented manner nearly a year ago. Now a miracle is nothing if not improbable, and as a matter of fact the listener was killed in a violent and unprecedented manner just about one year ago. In the course of this story that will become perfectly clear and credible, as every right-minded and reasonable listener will admit, but this is not the place for the end of the story, being yet somewhere on the far side of the middle. Ah, there, that sidewalk is a crumbling mess. Be fixed up, you. <laughs> oh, and poor old Mrs. Summer's roof is caving in. You there, be stronger than ever. There were astonishing changes. The small hours found Mr. Maydig and Mr. Fotheringay careering across the market square under the still moon, in a sort of ecstasy of thaumaturgy. Mr. Maydig all flap and gesture, Mr. Fotheringay short and bristling, no longer abashed at his greatness. They reformed every drunkard, changing all the beer to water. Mr. Maydig overruled Mr. Fotheringay on this point. Further, they improved the railway system, drained the swamp, enriched the farmland, and cured the vicar's wart. They were on their way to see what could be done with the damaged pier when Mr. Maydig observed. Uh, <laughs> the place won't be the same tomorrow. How surprised and thankful everyone will be. Why, I shouldn't wonder if, if, if they all come out and throw us a parade. o'clock in the morning. Mr. Maydig, I must be getting home. Oh, but we're only beginning, Fotheringay. Think of all the good we're doing. When people wake... Sure, sure, Reverend, but I'll be awful tired tomorrow, and I have to be in the office by eight. Fotheringay? Well, there's no hurry whatsoever. Look up. Remember Joshua? Joshua? Joshua halted the sun in the sky. Uh, why not do the same with the moon? And then the night can continue on as long as we like, hmm? That's a bit tall. Well, you wouldn't really stop the moon, of course, but would simply stop the rotation of the Earth, eh? And then time stops. What do you say, Fotheringay? All the hours we need, and it won't do anyone a bit of harm. Mm. Well, all right. I'll give it a try. And so, Mr. Fotheringay looked between his feet and addressed himself to the globe. Just stop turning, will you? <laughs> Mr. Fotheringay found himself flying head over heels through the air at the rate of dozens of miles a minute. Thankfully, he willed himself safe and only just in time for his clothes were already beginning to singe. He came down with a forcible but by no means injurious <laughs> bump. A large mass of metal and masonry, rather like the clock tower in the middle of the square, 
struck the earth near him, exploding into stonework, bricks, and cement. A hurtling cow hit one of the larger blocks and was smashed like an egg. In short, there was a crash that made all the most violent crashes of his past life seem like the sound of falling dust. And this was followed by a series of lesser crashes. Then, a vast wind roared throughout the earth and heaven, so that Mr. Fotheringay could scarcely lift his head to look. For a while he was too breathless and astonished even to see where he was or what had happened. His first movement was to feel his head and reassure himself that it was still there. Lord, I've had a squeak. What's gone wrong? Storms and thunder and only a minute ago a fine night. What a confounded mess everything's in. What happened? It's Mayday set me onto this sort of thing. Wait. Wait, wait. Where is Maydig? For that matter, where's the village? Where's... Where's anything? What on earth set that wind a-blowing? I didn't order no wind! Far and wide, nothing was visible through the haze of dust, but trembled masses of earth and heaps of ruin. No trees, no houses, no familiar shapes, only a wilderness of disorder, vanishing at last into the dark cloud of a swiftly rising storm. Near him, in the livid glare, was something that might once have been an elm tree, a smashed mass of splinters, which shivered from bow to base, and further on, a twisted mass of iron girders, only too evidently the viaduct, rose out of the piled confusion. For you see, when Mr. Fotheringay arrested the rotation of the globe, he made no stipulation concerning the trifling movables upon its surface. And the Earth spins so fast that the surface at its equator is traveling at rather more than a thousand miles an hour, and even in these latitudes at more than half that pace. So that the village, and Mr. Maydig, and Mr. Fotheringay, and everybody and everything had been jerked violently forward at about nine miles per second. That is to say, much more violently than if they had been fired out of a cannon. And every human being, every living creature, every house, and every tree, all the world as we know it, had been so jerked and smashed and utterly destroyed. That was all. Whatever it is, I must have done it. So this is it. I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwrought, I'm overcome with fear. Don't know how what happened here. It's because of me not taking heed, my own foreshadowed leaping headlong into what I don't believe. For it appears that truth has found me insincere. Nothing comes without a price. Playing God without fear, without goodness, 
is not at all that nice. Not all that wise. Clay beneath our hand crumbles. Heaven's watch and mumble. There's no prize for good intentions. Folding hands to keep us humble. Heavens catch us as we stumble. Higher still we reach. Playing God is not all that wise, and yet we try. The heavens softly sigh. They softly sigh. Moment, stop, please. Just a moment while I collect my thoughts. Lord, I wish Maydig was about. Um. All right. All right. All right. I know. I know. And for goodness' sake, let's get it right this time. First, let nothing what I'm going to order happen until I say off. Lord, I wish I'd thought of that before. Now then. Here goes. In the first place, when all I've got to say is done, let me lose this miraculous power. Let my will become just like anybody else's will, and all these dangerous miracles be stopped. I don't like them. I'd rather I didn't work them. That's the first thing. And the second thing is. And so, Mr. Fotheringay finished his instructions, took one last horrified look at the devastation he had caused then dug his fingers into the earth, closed his eyes tight, and commanded, Off! So you say... I... What's that, Teddy? I, I must have gotten distracted for a moment. You say a person can do whatever he sets his mind to. That's, uh... Yeah! Yeah, that's true! Or anyway, I believe it. Why, there's nothing a determined man can't accomplish, Teddy. Nothing at all. <laughs> Cheers, everyone! It doesn't matter if it's day or night It doesn't matter if you don't feel right Just raise your hand and say a word All of your troubles will be out of sight It doesn't matter, can be small or grand It doesn't matter if you think you can Just say the word and make it so All that you want is at your command You can be a miracle man A superhero, a living legend Hear the people say your name See them raise their hands Let Apollo, Athena, the Lion and the Lamb Orion, Poseidon, the Sun and Moon Be your number one be your number one fan You can be a miracle man A superhero, majesty Let the people see the light The revelation plan Let Apollo, Athena
heaven, the sun and moon say your name. He's a man, a miracle man. Next round is on me, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> what can you fear? Just go on and try. All that power hidden deep inside. Just pull it up and let it out. All that is darkness will turn into light. Take all the worries, make them go away. Make all the difficulties light and gain. Just say the word and make it so. All will be good. And so you say, you can be a miracle man, a superhero, a living legend. Hear the people say your name, see them raise their hands. Let Apollo, Athena, the lion and the lamb, Orion, Poseidon, the sun and moon. Be your number one, be your number one fan. You can be a miracle man, a superhero, majesty. Let the people see the light, the revelation plan. Let Apollo, Athena, the lion and the lamb, Orion, Poseidon, the sun and moon, say your name. He's a man, a miracle man. A miracle You have been listening to Chatterbox Audio Theatre's production of The Man Who Could Work Miracles by H.G. Wells. Adapted for audio by Robert Arnold, with songs by Stephen Gary. Featuring Renee Davis Brame as the narrator, Stephen Garrett as Fotheringay, Justin Willingham as Teddy, Joe Viscovo as Constable Winch, and Ryan Kathman as Maydig. Sound effects by the cast. Music by Stephen Gary. Artwork by Todd Berry. Produced by Oliver Morris. Directed by Ashley Bug Brown. The mission of Chatterbox Audio Theater is sparking imaginations through outstanding theatrical recordings. Download our shows, meet our cast and crew, and make a donation to support our work at www.chatterboxtheater.org. And that's our show. And with that, we conclude our 12 Shows in 12 Months initiative. We started out last October with Poe's The Telltale Heart, then launched our Spoon River Anthology Project in November. We followed that with the mythological adventure Theseus and the Minotaur, then the stirring one-woman show Journey of Truth. In February, we produced the dystopian sci-fi comedy Time to Go, then the lush fantasy The Fisherman and His Soul. In April and May, we turned to hard-hitting contemporary drama with The Warriors Part 1 and 2, then returned to High Adventure with Gawain and the Green Knight. After that, it was the family-friendly romp Head Heart Courage and a return to Spoon River for part two of our Spoon River Anthology Project. And of course, we wrapped up the year with today's production of The Man Who Could Work Miracles. Now, no matter how you slice it, that is one heck of a year. I am so proud of the work that we have done with Chatterbox this year, and I want to thank very sincerely all of the artists, the technicians, the sound effects artists, the musicians, the -the behind-the-scenes people, the donors, the supporters, and the listeners who helped make this happen. We worked with more than 125 different people to complete our 12 Shows in 12 Months initiative. And remember, all of those people participated as volunteers purely for the love of what we're doing. So, from me to you, sincerely, 
sincerely thank you. Now, what's next for Chatterbox? Is it time for a break? Is it time for a nice long nap? Uh, Yes, I hope so, but not quite yet. So to celebrate the great year that we are wrapping up and to celebrate the forthcoming holiday of Halloween, which, as you may know, is basically like audio theater Christmas, I'm excited to announce today that we are adding a bonus show to our 12 shows in 12 months initiative. So next month in October, we will release the unlucky number 13th show just in time for Halloween. We're going to make a baker's dozen out of it. So I don't want to give anything away about the show that we're working on right now, but I can tell you that it is written by our great friend and collaborator Kyle Hack who is responsible for some of the spookiest moments in the Chatterbox catalog. So you definitely will not want to miss that. In addition, we've got a few more surprises up our sleeve for the coming week, so make sure you are tuned into our website. Make sure you are following us on social media. You're not going to want to miss a thing. And by the way, once we finish the projects that we're working on now, I still have story ideas for days and days. So not to worry, even after next month, we will be back soon with more of the great audio theater that you know from Chatterbox. In the meantime, as I hope you know by now, all of our stuff is archived and freely available on our website, chatterboxtheater.org, as well as on iTunes. There's more than nine years worth of material there. We just celebrated our ninth anniversary this past September. So everything we've ever created in that time is freely available online for you to listen to. If you haven't heard it, it's a treasure trove. If you have heard it, there's so much there that's worth revisiting. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for joining us on this journey this year. And we'll see you next time on Chatterbox Audio Theater. Oh, hello. Have you tried Friends? Oshaline Motor Fuel. Oshaline, manufactured by the Four Patrol Corporation, is the only high octane motor fuel made from distilled seaweed. When I am driving to the movie set and I notice that I need motor fuel, I stop at my neighborhood. Oshaline station and get my tank filled with that good stuff. Oh, hello, Mr. Oshaline man. I did not see you there. Are you here to enlighten us further? Yes, that's right. Oshaline, that high octane motor fuel made from distilled seaweed, is the only motor fuel of its kind made with kelpinate. It's guaranteed to give you more miles per dollar. So try Oshaline with Kelpinate today. That is what I'm here for, Mr. Oshaline man. Give my car what it is craving. Fill her up with Oshaline with Kelpinate. Yeah. You're listening to the Mutual Audio Network.